This is week number four uh, in our series, More Than a Feeling, as we work through the book of Philippians. And we arrive today at the end of chapter one. We're going to look at verses 27 to 30. And as I've been getting ready, it's clear to me the Lord has a sense of humor. How, how many of you believe that? The Lord, the Lord does have a sense of humor. And here's why. Because the title for today's message is Suffering the Gift that Nobody Wants. So it just feels appropriate. Uh, the subtitle is How to Not Just Survive, But Thrive in a Season of Suffering. Uh, so that's what we're going to look at. It's been an excellent passage for me to study these past couple weeks, getting ready. And here's, uh, here's something you need to know. Everybody who follows Jesus goes through seasons of suffering. Okay? You need to know that ahead of time. Okay? Everybody who knows and follows Jesus, we all take turns going through seasons of suffering. So, you might be on a mountaintop right now, and I would say, praise the Lord. Enjoy it, my friend, because you know that your season is coming around the mountain uh, in, in due time. The challenge, and that's what this message is all about, is learning and getting prepared to suffer well when it's our turn. It, it's, it's getting prepared, and, and I would say it's not something you learn once it comes. It's something we need to learn and prepare for and plan on. So, the question is, how do you face a season of suffering and not just survive, but to thrive? How can you do that? And that's what we're going to look at today in Philippians 1, verses 27 to 30. So if you're able, would you stand with me? Let's uh, read out loud together from God's owner's manual for our lives. We're going to look at seven challenging steps to learn how to not just survive, but to actually thrive in a season of suffering. Here we go. Verse 27. Would you read with me? Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. There is this a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that I get to be back together with my uh, favorite church family in all the world. Lord, would you uh, help me to get out of the way because we need to hear today from you. I want to pray specifically for my friends here, those watching online who are in the middle of a season of suffering. There are some today who right now They've lost spouses, they've lost children, they've lost grandchildren. There's some who have people they love who are far from you. There are some who are facing medical challenges, 
physical pain and trouble. Lord, there's others who are in the middle of financial hardship, marital strife, trouble with family and friends. Lord, I'm praying that even today, right now, you might meet them right where they're at. Bring hope, bring healing, bring peace and strength in their time of need. And Lord, would you help us to notice the people around us who are hurting? Would you help us, Lord, to be aware and alerted when we see brothers and sisters that we could do something to love and care for them? Help us, Lord, to notice. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one united voice, Philippians 1, 27, look at it, what does it say? Whatever happens, <laughs> whatever happens, church at Philippi, whatever happens, church at Walloon, <laughs> the Apostle Paul is alerting us to something, and that's this, we live in an unpredictable world. We really, we really do. One day life is normal and routine, and the next day, a global pandemic has us all locked down. No school, no work, no church, no restaurants, no toilet paper. Do you remember that? Don't go anywhere. Stay home, lock down, put your mask on. You never know when a season of suffering might heat up. End of January, I saw out of my right eye what I thought was a giant rock coming my way. And, you know, when you see a rock headed for your head, what do you do? <laughs> I ducked. This was on a Sunday, Sunday night, okay? And this happened a few more times, and I said to Denise, Somebody's throwing rocks at me, except they're not rocks. Um, that evening, when it got closer to bedtime, I saw what I thought were strobe lights flashing. And still, these giant objects were being uh, flying into my path. So we agreed I should call the eye doctor. The next day, made room in the schedule. That was on a Monday. And immediately, he said, you got a detached retina. Those are the signs. So... If you see big things flying at you in strobe lights, you might want to go uh, see the eye doctor. Anyway, uh, made room on my schedule that, that next day uh, I'm in surgery. Here, here's my first point. Whatever happens, we don't usually get much warning before a season of suffering is about to begin. You're probably not going to get a week or two weeks or a month's head, heads up which means we should be expecting the unexpected. You understand? We, we, should, we should be looking and expecting and planning on one of these seasons. Some seasons are normal and routine, and I would argue even at times boring, and then bam! <laughs> Hold on tight to Jesus, my friend, because the roller coaster is about to get launched. Go back to the text. Be prepared. <laughs> Verse 27. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Point number two. 
our most powerful weapon in dealing with a season of suffering is a consistent, daily, abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. You understand? The most powerful weapon that you and I have available is to daily walk with the Lord Jesus. So, uh, on the routine, normal, boring days of life, here's my advice. Ready? Walk with Jesus. Um, When life is amazing and you're on the mountaintop and and the pastures are green, abide with Jesus. Stay connected to Christ. Why? So that then on the awful, no good, very bad days, you're already in the habit of walking close with Christ. It's true. It's just, it's just huge. It's a daily challenge. It's a daily choice. I understand. You're busy. It's hard to make time to get connected every day to Jesus Christ. To invite him to come sit on the throne. To invite Jesus to take charge. Throat coat, my new friend. It's it's really hard because I'm busy and I got things to do to invite Jesus to come and you and your spirit take control of my life, take control of my mouth, take control of my attitudes so that you can look good. That's really hard. But I promise you, that's the best defense you've got before a season of suffering arrives. So, what you're saying then, Pastor Jeff, is read the Bible and pray, right? Don't you say that every Sunday? (laughs) Don't, Don't you say, read the Bible and pray? Isn't that the conclusion of every message? And, and I would argue, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying, yes, dig into God's word and read the love letters that our Savior and King have written to us. So I don't approach this as I got to do my devotional thing. No, I want to go talk to the King and hear what he has to say to me and then talk back to my best friend and talk to him and fire up arrow prayers all day long about what I'm going through. So that, why am I doing this? So that when I'm kicked off of my comfortable chair and I'm no longer driving on easy avenue and now suddenly uh, bad things are going on, suffering has come, I'm already prepared. I'm already in the groove. It's really hard to get connected to Jesus once suffering hits. You understand? I've discovered this. It's really hard to make that your pattern if if you wait till after it arrives. You need to be in the groove ahead of time. Back to verse 27. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Paul writes, then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence... Here's the third point. I know that you will stand firm in the one spirit. I know that you will stand firm in the one spirit. Standing firm in the one spirit is a military term. What it it means is to soldiers standing together, shoulder to shoulder, holding their ground, defending their position. So that when the fight heats up, When the suffering gets intense, the church family 
is standing firm in one spirit. Do you understand? See the picture up here? (laughs) Roman soldiers, that's where the term comes from. And literally standing firm in one spirit means I'm standing together with my brothers and sisters in Christ, my fellow soldiers, and together we're holding ground. You understand? Together we're, we're holding ground and we're loving on each other and, and we're taking care of each other in our seasons of suffering. That's what he's talking about here. So when the season of suffering arrives, we all need the prayers, the acts of kindness, the cards, the texts, the phone calls from our fellow soldiers. That's what this text is telling us. And I can just say you all have been incredible this last month, this last year. Your prayers, your patience, your support. I know this is an overused word right now, but it's true. It's priceless to me. Point number three. In a season of suffering, we need each other. In a season of suffering, you don't want to be all by yourself. You don't want to be a soldier with not, without other soldiers surrounding you. You don't want to be all by yourself. So here is what I'm saying. Make the investment now to get connected to the family so that when suffering arrives, you're already connected. You're already connected in the church family. You've already joined a life group. You've already chosen to be on a serving team. Um, Why would I do that? So that when the season of suffering arrives, I'm already covered. How many of you buy car insurance? Can I see your hands? Okay. Why why do you do that? Well, partly because I have to. But I also do it because I want to be covered. Okay? Uh, and, and here's the point. You want to be covered and surrounded by brothers and sisters in a season of suffering. It's the best insurance you can buy. What do you got to do? You need to get connected so that you can stand firm in one spirit. And now you're ready when the season of suffering arrives. Back to the end of verse 27 because he gives us another term. Okay? He says, I know you'll stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Okay, we have a military term. That's the first one. Stand firm. Hold your ground. Put your shields together for one another. Second term uh, is an athletic term. Okay, it comes from the Olympics, striving together as one, which literally means work together as a team. You tracking? Work together as a team. We are a team. The, the local church, the body, we are a team that works together to advance the gospel of Christ. That, that's really what we're called to. So, while each of us takes a season of suffering, we each take turns, right? We never forget our goal, even while we're in suffering season, is to advance and model and share and make much of Jesus and the cross and the empty tomb. So, while we're in a 
bad, difficult time, we're a team and we work together, letting everybody know, I know I'm suffering right now, but God's for me. Who could be against me? Romans 8.31. The Lord will hold back no good thing from me. Romans 8.32. We are chosen, justified by God Almighty. Romans 8.33. Christ died and arose, and right now he's interceding for me and for you. It's pretty amazing. Um, nobody could ever separate us from the love of Christ. Romans 8.35. We are more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. Romans 8.37. The gospel of Jesus Christ, which we're called to advance, is a team sport. Did you catch that? We're a team, we're a family, and together we advance. It's not a solo game. We have victory in every trial and every trouble as we advance the gospel together as a family. That's what we're called to. So let's do a quick review. How do you not just survive, but how do you thrive in a season of suffering? First, Whatever happens, expect the unexpected. Second, the most powerful weapon we possess is a daily, consistent, abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. Fight for that daily time with the Lord. Third, I'm already standing in one spirit, firm. I've made the investment. I've joined the church family. I'm surrounded by an army of Christians and I got my shield up there and their shields right there. We got each other's back in a time of suffering. And I'm there for you and you're there for me. Fourth, this, this family here, we're a team. Together we march good days, really awful days. We advance the name of Jesus Christ together. You don't do that well all alone. It's not solo time it's corporately we advance the name of Jesus. Number five, verse 28. Without being frightened in any way by those who will oppose you. This is a sign that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved. Um, fifth point, you should expect hostility. You should expect opposition. You should plan on the fact that when we advance the gospel, people aren't going to be happy about it. Did you know that Satan doesn't give up ground very easily? <laughs> Do you understand? Satan does not give up his territory without a fight. So don't be surprised, don't be shocked when fiery darts and trouble and opposition appear in our path. Probably 10 years ago, I think the first one I heard talking about this was Lynn Groth, our uh, former minister of maintenance. Um, he said, you know, back in Pennsylvania, we had this, this wonderful place where teens could come and we would proclaim Jesus Christ as the giver of life. And we got excited about doing that over in East Jordan because we started talking to people and they said, no, um, lots of people have tried, 
Lots of people have failed, but we've never had a place consistently there for the young people of East Jordan. And uh, Pastor Jason said, you know, uh, that's exactly what's going on at the depot. That's exactly where there's opposition, there's hostility, there's difficulty around every corner. And, And every time we think we're just making really good progress, more attack, more, more hostility, more fiery darts rain down. But he said, you know what? We're still hanging in there. There's a group of us. We're, we're not going to quit. We're not going to go away. We're seeing teens come to know Christ. We're going to hang in there. But boy, is there a lot of, there's a lot of pushback. There's, there's a lot of opposition at every turn. I would encourage you, write down The Depot and uh, our church, uh, Lighthouse Missionary Church, um, banded together, and we want to see this place for teens in East Jordan. Don't be surprised when you face opposition. Don't be shocked. Actually, if you go back to the verse we just read, Paul says it's actually a really good sign. It's a good sign when you face opposition for advance. It's a good sign that you'll be saved. That's a good sign. Number six, verse 29. How much time do I have left? I'm not used to this. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. You want to read that one more time with me? It's been granted to you on behalf of Christ. You have the gift not only just to believe in Jesus, but also to suffer for him. We have been given the gift of suffering. It's the gift that nobody wants, right? Ah, uh, no thing. Is there, is there a uh, return Receipt on, on this gift? Uh, that's got to be a misprint, right? This, this verse 29, that can't really say that we're granted it's the gift of suffering. Let me, let me read off a few other verses to show you that's not a misprint. First Peter 3.14 But even if you should suffer for what is right, you're blessed. Do not fear their threats, don't be frightened. Second Corinthians 4.17 for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Romans 8, 18. Looked at that in the previous series. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Luke 14, 27. Jesus says, whoever does not carry their cross, follow me, willing to die and suffer, cannot be my disciple. 2 Timothy 3.12. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. Wow. Matthew 5.10-12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Great is your reward in heaven For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before me. God's plan, this is number six, 
is to use pain and suffering and persecution as a key method to grow us up, to take us to the next level in our Christian walk. God's plan is to use pain and suffering and persecution. That's one of his key methods to grow us up and take us to the next level. It's a privilege and an honor to suffer. And I'm telling you, we all suffer in way different ways. We're not all suffering the same way, but we all suffer together. It's the gift that nobody wants. <laughs> it really is. Number seven, seventh thing, verse 30. Here we go. Since you are going through the same struggle, Paul writes, you saw I had and now hear that I still have. You're still going through struggles and you know that I'm going through. Here's what I like. Paul doesn't put on the smiley mask and pretend that everything's okay. Paul isn't all about saying, oh, how are you, Paul? I'm doing fine. I'm doing good. He said, no, I've been chained. Look at verse 17 back up. 24-7 to a Roman guard, and I've got enemies stirring up trouble just to get me in more trouble. Here's what I'm learning. I don't have this one down. When you're not doing okay, it's okay not to be okay. <laughs> For us to be struggling and suffering and pretending, everything's just fine, thank you. It's not being a good teammate. When I pretend as though everything's fine, my fellow soldiers will relax. Oh, good, you're good, I'm good, and they'll take a fiery dart right in the chest because you weren't honest, because I wasn't honest and real with y'all. We are at war, and times things are awful and bad, and it's okay to share so that your fellow soldiers can rally around you and protect and love and pray for you. Make sense? It's okay to not be okay. I like how Warren Wiersbe says this. <clears throat> the Christian life is not a playground. It's a battleground. The Christian life is not a playground. Everything's happy and fun and warm and fuzzy. No, no. No, the Christian life is actually a battle. We're at war. We have an enemy. He hates us. And there's going to be a lot of suffering involved in this thing called the Christian life. I close with a true story from the Grand Rapids Press. Um, <clears throat> why are you reading this? Um, I think this kind of put, puts legs, it models the principles and the challenges of suffering. Headline reads, an ugly crime, a beautiful life. As she was raped at knife point in her southeast Grand Rapids home, Heather Gemmon feared for her two boys asleep in the next bedroom. To control her, the attacker threatened to harm her children. After the rape, he forced her downstairs to get cash. He tied her up and fled. 
All this occurred while her husband was at church at a board meeting. He left something else. Gemin was pregnant. At the time, Gemin heard suggestions that she abort or put the baby up for adoption, but she and her husband, Steve, had had enough heartache. They named her Rachel. She was an innocent child. She was another victim. Gemin said her story shows the blessings God can create out of horrible circumstances. This is a story about a beautiful young girl. I'm just telling you, we all suffer in different ways. This one is horrific. Some of you are in the middle or have experienced horrific opposition and awful suffering in a variety of ways. How can you survive that kind of stuff? How do you survive, but more than that, how do we thrive a season of suffering? Whatever happens. <laughs> you're going to have some great days. You're going to have some routine days. Be prepared. You're going to have some suffering days. Number two, live daily connected to Jesus Christ. Don't take a day off of walking with the Lord. That's the best preparation you can have. Third, stand firm, hold your ground, make the investment in your fellow soldiers ahead of time. It's nearly impossible to get connected once the suffering's already started. Make the investment to get involved, to get connected in the church family. We strive together. We're a team. Advancing the gospel, it's a team sport. Get along with each other, and together we work together. Number five, be prepared for hostility. <laughs> you can plan on the fact that when you start advancing the gospel as a team, there'll be opposition. People won't be happy to hear that they're on the wrong road. People won't be happy to have the light of Jesus shined on their lives. Number six, God's plan to grow us up involves pain and suffering and persecution. Do I say that again? God's plan to grow us up involves pain and suffering and persecution and I've said this before, but I'll probably say it again. I think our days getting a free ride as followers of Jesus are over. We, we've had a pretty good run where everybody, oh, you're a Christian? You go to church? Nice. I like it. Those days, Scott, are done. There's going to be some cost involved. Number seven, be real about your struggle. When you're hurting, when you're in pain, when you're suffering, own it. It's okay to not be okay. And frankly, it's encouraging when you're in a time of... It's encouraging to know that you're not the only one. 
It, it builds us up to know I'm, I'm not alone in this. Other people are hurting too. Times of suffering are part of life. They really are. It's the gift that nobody wants. But like it or not, it's how God chooses to grow us, to advance his gospel. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we pause just for a moment because we're all in different places in life different seasons, and Lord, I thank you. Some of my friends here today are just doing great. And others, it's pretty boring, it's pretty routine, it's pretty normal. And still others, Lord, right now, are in the middle of one of those seasons of suffering. Would you help us to get prepared? Because when it's our turn, Lord, we don't just want to survive it. We want to thrive. And you really have given us a blueprint here on how to thrive the next season of suffering. I want to pray one more time. Because I know for a fact some of my friends here are right now in the middle of one of those seasons. Would you rain down grace and mercy and love and peace and hope and joy? Would you bring fellow members of the family, fellow soldiers, to come and pray and protect and love on those right now in the season? Lord, there very well may be someone watching online or someone here in the building who doesn't know the Good Shepherd personally. Very, very likely somebody is here or watching and they don't have the Good Shepherd to walk through the valleys of life with them. I pray that even today they might admit that they're a sinner in need of forgiveness and own that thought, that fact. Pray that today they might believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again for them. You did that for me. You did that for them. And I pray that even today they might confess with their mouth and commit their lives a life of following Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your church. Thank you, Lord, that we're here as a team to love and support and protect one another. Help us to do that well. It's in Jesus' awesome name we pray.